Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. Frozen, Frozen, Heroes, gonna tell you about Frozen, Frozen, Heroes, gonna tell you about comic books, costumes, facts, boots, and other stuff. In this week's issue, comics, Joe, Jack, and Stan. Welcome into Bros, Foes, and Heroes. I'm Zach, joined as always by the marvelous one, Mr. Mike. Hello. How are you doing today? Sir? I'm okay, man. How are you? Oh, not not too bad. Um, I, think I always like the Tom and Jerry shirt. Thank you. I yeah. wear it far too often, but it is the shirt that I own that probably has gotten me the most com- compliments. A, the most comms. I was like comments, but no, I was most like, comps. They, they, they've been pretty uh, pretty favorable. So I'll say every time cool. I wear this, I get a free pest control service. <laughs> get a lot of comps. Like, hey, like that shirt. Next time you need your house treated for termites. <laughs> <laughs> or mice or cats <laughs> or anything give us a call that is tough to find right there um, an exterminator that gets rid of cats that's a tough one well why are you, are i don't know maybe your house is overrun with cats at that point i think it's something you did right well and i would venture to say that probably at least half if not more of the reasons you have pests are something you did yeah you know? Yeah, 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 I could see that. I Sometimes. remember having to spray for ants under my chair because I would get up and eat nachos in the middle of the night. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that happens. <laughs> I remember this. Well, you wouldn't. Would you as much eat nachos as much as just fall asleep while just yes, eating something exactly. and wake up and be like, oh, well, I made nachos? More than often, more than one time it was nachos. Yeah. So I'm just going to assume it was always, always nachos. nachos. But the, the, I want you to understand what nachos means at midnight and throughout the evening uh-huh. or throughout the morning i guess it just means i throw some chips on a paper plate uh-huh. and throw some cheese, cheese on, top on of it, it and that's it yep i just microwave those and eat them yep like a like a neanderthal while we're speaking and by no, the way i'm sorry no no you're fine I, if we don't have monterey jack or colby jack velveta i've started using gouda Gouda nachos. Gouda nachos. Yeah. How to, is that? I have to hold my finger up when I eat them, though. Like, <laughs> I think uh, it's actually not bad. It's fine. I mean, again, it's one o'clock in the morning, and I'm eating chips and cheese. So who gives a crap? Yeah, that's you know? that's true. Yeah. You can't be picky. Um, speaking of food, though, you gave yeah. me a 
Yeah. Uh, a gift, I, I guess did. we'll say. I did. Uh, a uh, chocolate bar. Mm-hmm. They're uh, limited edition. Limited edition Hershey. Hershey. Hershey's. 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 Um, Only the best for your dead folks. <laughs> <laughs> um, white. It sounds like a kid's hearse. It's a hersey. <laughs> Baby's first hearse. <laughs> oh man! So it is a white cream with sprinkles and yeah, popping candy. Uh huh. That's how Chocolate I've been bar. described before. Um, I am going to uh, attempt to try some here in a second. Yeah, you should. The thing that I love most about After this, you tried, I want to tell that, you something about it. Okay, that I didn't know before until I looked at the back is they put like a picture. Yeah. To show you what yeah. the back of the that's candy what, bar looks it, like. That's what Abby was pointing out. She was like, look, it shows you what the bar looks like inside. Like, why don't they just create like, I don't a know. clear window? Just, like, you know, I, like it's a checker. It's probably a piece easier. Of just, it I is, don't but know. Still, it has just, to go to two factories. Here's the Who thing, knows? though. When I open it up right there. It doesn't look necessarily like that. No, I think There's that is. Uh, I think that one's blown up. Okay, so that's how your mouth's gonna feel. Blown this, up. Um, it's white chocolate. Yeah, I'm gonna try this. And then it has popping candy in it. Listen, the ambulance is already on its way. I heard it. It's an odd sensation. Isn't this it? is weird. And it's super sweet. Yeah. And by the way, when you guys eat those, just remember I bought Uh-oh. them in June. So, <laughs> just letting you know, <laughs> this is the end of September. But it's a Hershey's bar. I mean, what the hell's going to happen? I keep chewing by the mic trying to get some pop rock sounds, but it's not there. But no. it's, oh, oh, that's weird. It's weird, right? Yeah. That is really it's weird. Sensation. I bought it for my grandkids, and uh, they didn't even like it. So, of course, I brought it to work. Yeah. And you just gave them to us as gifts. Yeah. That's I didn't have to tell you all that other stuff. I could have No, you didn't. But that's the way to get rid of stuff you don't want is just give it away as yeah, gifts. That's what I do. Yeah, I can... It's like popping still in the uh-huh. back of my. Yeah, that is weird. So if you hear pops, that's what's going on. Pop, pop, pop. But I can only do one of those little squares. That is ugh. plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. There you go. So we talked last week. And doesn't it feel like you have just like a film on your teeth it now? Does. It's just <laughs> white chocolate. I can't and I take. have that. See, I like white chocolate. Really? And um, well, I mean, it's not an all the time thing, but like yeah. the cookies and cream bars. Or yeah, I'm sure those, those aren't are good. bad. Yeah. But that is. Uh, I think it atrocious. has to do with the the other ingredients around white chocolate, right? Because like white chocolate almonds would be good mm-hmm. or something. You have to have something of substance to go with that mind-numbingly sweet. Oh yeah, white chocolate. Oh for sure. Yeah. Um. So so throw some cookies in it. <laughs> even more sweetness. Um. Last time we met, we mm-hmm. talked about a comic that. I really enjoyed a lot and cared about a lot. And that yeah. was Tom King and Mitch Gerard's uh, Mr. Miracle from yep. 2017, yeah, yeah, 2018. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something I wanted to cover. But then we discussed of how I thought that since there's so much nuance and uh, backstory to it that can be enjoyed more if you know kind of the comic book landscape as a whole, mm. we kind of got the idea then to just talk about the history of some of this stuff. Yeah, let's, to let's do it. it. So uh, specifically, I'm going to tell uh, – part of the story in getting us to be able to cover Mr. Miracle. That's that's the goal there. But I'm going to start and give just a broad overview of a lot of things. Uh, I won't, I'll dive in more into some things, other things I won't dive into as much. Sure. And there's a specific part of this history that we're focusing on. Mainly it's the relationship between Stanley and Jack Kirby, which starts back in the forties and goes on through ever. Yeah. Um, 
And it is very integral to, I would say, in a lot of ways, to the beginning and start of Marvel Comics mm-hmm. as a whole, too. Mm-hmm. And it's just a big part of the Mr. Miracle story. As well, a they whole. were also like friends gone wrong, right? I yeah, mean, there's yeah. a lot of, yeah, yeah, there's, and we'll get into a lot of this. Um, uh, it's, Jack's not the only guy like that when it comes yeah, to Stan. Sure, sure. Steve Ditko's another guy. Yeah. Um, but not to say Steve that, Ditko. that uh, yeah, Spider Man is, uh, yeah. Not to say that obviously uh, Stanley doesn't have his friends and the people who love him and stuff too. Right, There's sure. just a mix of. Sure. And we'll get into some of this. Um, I think the best place to start when looking <laughs> not at. That Stanley doesn't have people that love him. I know. I'm not. <laughs> I just don't want to. He had a family for God's sakes. Uh, but I think the best place to start is comics were a thing for a while. Yeah. Or they have been. Right. Uh, I think around the turn of the century. Um, you would have like comic shorts, like you think comic strips and stuff like mm-hmm. that obviously yeah. came before yeah. the comic book did. Well, the single panel stuff too, I think, yes. was was probably some of the original the stuff. Kid, I think Kid in the Yellow Shirt or something like that. It's like the 1870s oh, see, maybe before. Yeah. yeah, and all it is is it's a kid. How do they freaking know he's in yellow? It's 1800. They, well, some of them they print in color still. No. Yeah. They had to like press the flowers, Maybe. squeeze the juice out, and then rub it on but the paper. The whole thing was like the jokes were it, his shirt would say different things, so it's kind of uh, like you know, com- uh, but it, it's so early form. So on the on the shirt, you would get like thoughts and and yeah. other things. That you yeah, but it wouldn't be express. exactly. Yeah. But it wouldn't okay. necessarily be you know something like very simple. I've, it I've could always, be like I'm all, I'm sorry. I'm like, I, I, no, no, interrupt no, you right in the middle. No, it could be like what? Oh, I was just gonna say it could be you know uh, different. Uh, political statements or stuff like it was just like a billboard in a way to put joke there on. he would wear this yeah say i'm with hitler yeah eat. Or so. <laughs> uh it's funny well we'll, we'll, we'll get to that because so there's I, no better place to talk about uh, than comic Nazis. Book podcast. Yeah. um i uh i i wanted to do a comic strip for a long time mm-hmm. like i wanted to try it you know especially with the advent of like internet comics and stuff. Oh yeah, you know, I just thought, eh, just put something out. Well, heck of it. Why not? The the issue is the story, right? Is having to come up with something each and every time. Oh, see, that's, that's a rough one. That's the part that I can do. It's just really? the putting the. Mm. I, 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 I can do the pen the paper thing. See, I, just, I can't do yeah. the. I can write it. I can come up with the idea, but yeah. if it's in comic form, actually making you know manifest mm-hmm. and making something that would people would want to look at while they read. I no, could I probably do, do the single panel. It's the it's okay now. I got to draw the same character in three panels yeah. or whatever, and that just I don't know that scares me. No, I get that. Um, so I'm a one panel man. <laughs> I get it. Hey, sometimes that's all you need in a one panel van. Uh, is there nothing on the other side of the van? No, okay. no, it's open on the other side. Um, open concept. But so we get the first comic book in a way of where printing presses looking to, cause it costs a lot of money to keep those things going. Yeah, sure. So overnight, Hey, we need something to do. Like we need something to print on them. So uh-huh. they came up with the idea of basically collections of all the strips of comics yeah, sure. that they would put in then with like, you know, your Sunday paper and stuff yeah. like that. And those yeah. would be essentially the first comic. The books funny pages. Yeah. yeah. Um, fast forward to 1937 where Superman becomes a massive craze mm-hmm. um and that kind of kicks off the comic book boom then right at the time of everybody wants to hop in on it two years later you get uh batman from dc comics which if you wanted to know that was national comics at the mm-hmm. time dc does stand for detective comics oh okay oh i didn't know that yep huh. so uh essentially that's where the 
you know, in Detective Comics yeah. is where Batman yeah. got his yeah. Uh, yeah. issue 27. But still, it was one of the titles that they did. They just right, calm it down it. just a little bit with the whole issue 27 thing. I am sure. a massive nerd. If it can't come out here, where else can it come out? <laughs> That's true. So You don't want to take that kind of stuff home. Exactly. <laughs> now, the other company at the time was ran by a man named Martin Goodman. Uh, um, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm looking at this mural that we just had painted, and I'm wondering why it ends right there. Oh, I just yeah. noticed that. It's now. just a big chunk missing. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. Sorry, that was just so like uh, seeing a squirrel run by or something. So, uh, the other company, Timely Comics, uh, which yeah. Martin Goodman owned at okay. the time, produces their first comics around this time under I think it was uh, Marvel Fantasies. Mar- like he named the comic uh, marvel comics the comic book itself which okay. eventually will become the company name he liked right. to change names of companies and stuff a lot around the whole time mm-hmm. but that is where we get then the first marvel comics uh, in 39 39 of the human torch and mm. namar which we've talked about the first uh appearance of namar before so namar and human torch are the first ones. two marvel comics wow. characters mm. Um, I, I would I would assume that everybody kind of assumes that it's Spider Man. No, you know? it's it's yeah, and it's funny Spider-Man because sixties, sixties, like yeah. Yeah, we fast forward a little bit more and to tell the other side of the story. So Martin Goodman has Timely, and they have Neymar, and they have um, Human Torch, which is different than the Fantastic Four Human Torch. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, it was like a. It's been forever since I've read it, but it's essentially like the scientists creating this, you know, human torch kind of like experiment and this, uh-huh. you know, a Frankenstein's monster type thing of him. He's consumed free. with it or he's he's on on another guy. It's it's another guy who oh, has okay. the ability to and eventually okay. like a later he'll you know, I think eventually he has like a whole like, you know, uh alter ego and he does the whole like work at the police. Why can't you just throw water like on him? But I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Like um, water on a grease fire maybe? And then gets it just bigger. Gets bar- yeah. yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so that's what they start with. Uh, <laughs> that's what I think of when I think Human Torch. Greasy. And with this comic boom, there is so many other companies that pop up. We've talked about a lot of different comics from a lot of these different companies. Sure. Um, a lot of them now in the public domain, obviously, because they didn't last just but a couple of years. Um, and then it all went away. And plus, things just weren't copyrighted the same way they yeah. were. Yeah. Um, but you'll have so many different publications that pop up. Like there was an Ajax and there's like Centaur. Ajax. Yeah. Like we've, uh, we've covered a lot, uh, MLJ, which became Archie. And then uh, through the years of us doing the show, we have hit on a lot of these, you yeah. know, small publishers sure, at the sure, time. Sure. One of them was Fox. Um, and it's either Fox features, Fox syndicate. I can't remember the name mm. of it, but it's basically Fox comics ran by a man named Victor Fox. This is where we will first get our introduction to Jacob Kurtzberg, a.k.a. Jack Kirby, um, because he, a lot of these guys, him and S- Stanley too, both of those are, uh, what do you call them, pen names. Okay. Uh, Stan's is just Stanley Lieber, so it's just a little bit shorter. Sure. But uh, yeah, Jack Kirby is Jacob Kurtzberg. So Jack uh, meets a man while he's working at, Fox. Do you think it had anything to do with it being like a Jewish last is, name? Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. he's And this is the thing is very much so we find out a lot like Jack Kirby was a I don't want to call him a small man because he's not. But he just when you see pictures of him, he's not just like a big strapping, you know, 
just like muscly yeah, guy. Right, sure. But he is somebody that you would not want to mess with. Okay. Like he is a very serious talking about Jack Kirby as a person, um, there's a quote of his that I absolutely love where he talks about he grew up in uh, New York in some of the, you know, just rougher neighborhoods there mm-hmm. in the thirties. And he talks about that his mother once or that they were too poor to go on vacation. So for one week, his mother as a baby let him sleep out on the fire escape and he had the, you know, the blast of a time. Oh, I'm he sure. tells stories about how like they would, he was, you know, part of these like street gangs where they would like, you know, I'd like tease guys run around the corner, wait for him to come for me and just lay, you know, just beat him up and yeah. stuff like a very yeah. rough and tumble kind of neighborhood knockout game. Yep, exactly. Um, so, but also just, it seemed to be a very sweet, loving man too at the same time. Um, but so Jack is working at Fox where he meets Joe Simon. Uh, that name is important too because the two of them together will go on to create Captain America. Oh, okay. In 1941, this is how we get uh, Jack Kirby to Marvel the first time. So, still timely comics. Joe Simon, am I? I feel like I'm throwing a lot of names. Out no, here. you're still, good. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm following. Um, so Joe I'm Simon, picking up what you're putting down. Joe Simon, while working at Fox. Yeah. Um, well, I guess let's start back. Let's look at Marvel and Martin Goodman, who was always very much about trying to find the most economical way to do things. Okay. So he found out, hey, instead of he was buying stories from other play from these smaller, like uh, you know, uh, what do you want to workshops or not workshops, but like uh, studios, mm-hmm. um, and then just packaging them in his own. And he realized, hey, instead of paying some of these guys, I can pay just like the editor of one of the places to come up with content for me. And then he can, you know, I like, he can just create it directly for me. I don't need to buy from everybody else. Yeah. We'll just create more stuff yeah. in house, which sure, makes sense. Sure. Instead of so, buying from everybody, I bring, I bring guy in. inside. And, and so the guy he brings in is Joe Simon. Oh, okay. And Joe Simon, who working at Fox, he and Jack Kirby have become really good friends. The two of them would work together for like years, 20 really? something years yeah. together off and on. But yeah, so He's like, all right, so and Jack he brings Kirby, the, Joe, Joe Simon, Simon working at Fox, working at Fox. But Martin Goodman's like, I can bring them over, mm-hmm. work for me. Mm-hmm. They come in there now, working for Timely Comics, aka what will eventually be Marvel. Mm-hmm. So Joe Simon, Jack Kirby, while at Marvel, create Captain America. Okay, massive, you know, boom there too yeah. for them at the time. This forties, this forty one, forty one. The yeah. thing that is so funny. That's why it's so massive. It, exactly. Yeah. Um, and it also goes, this is to, you know, uh, I'm pretty sure that Joe Simon is to, to, you know, uh, individuals from Jewish immigrant families too. Yeah. yeah that sure. This is very sure. important to them. Yeah. Them. Yeah. So, uh, while they're there, um, oh, I, I found this funny in, in reading through everything and there's some great books, Slugfest, uh, the yeah, untold, so. Yeah, the Marvel Comics, The Untold Story by Sean Howe. There's a lot of great stuff out there that covers a lot of this stuff more in depth. But it's just uh, interesting to me at the time that even though that was going on, Martin Goodman at Timely made them refer to Hitler as Hiller. And it was never Nazis because they were, and we've talked about this before, Uh, he was afraid that they would get sued. Yeah. So, uh, but then... Sued by the Nazis. But then, once it looks like, okay, we're entering World War II... Um, that Jack, Kirk, the first issue of Captain America, 
is Captain America punching Hitler in the face. Yeah. Like, sure. and it was at that point, it was Hitler. like, all right, this is, yeah, but it was, this is what we need to do. And there was even concern that he might be dead before the comic, like the cover oh, was wow. going to print oh. in 41. Granted, that wasn't the case, but, yeah. yeah. Um, so Stanley, uh, is how he fits into all this is through being related to Martin Goodman. Okay. So the owner of Timely Comics, Marvel Comics, mm-hmm. who has just hired Joe Simon to come and do stories for them. Right. Uh, and he brought Jack Kirby along. Stanley Lieber is his nephew. Oh. So his mother was like, hey, Stan, you know, he has dreams of writing this, you know, yeah. great American novel. He can't seem to find a place to stick on anywhere else. Is sure. there something you could do, like yeah. you could have for him there? So um, I think like the last, he had worked at a dress factory before. I don't remember what it was. He was at some factory beforehand before he finally got into comics. And huh. it was him going there and essentially finding the owner, finding a job for his nephew there. Okay. Uh, they describe, I say they, as in Joe Simon and Jack Kirby, describe a young Stan Lee as somebody who was constantly making noise, constantly going around, like trying to be in people's business. A oh, bit. I bet. We talked about, you brought up the ocarina earlier. Yeah. Because we were talking about Zelda. Yeah, sure. And I told you, oh, we'll talk about it later. Right. So apparently Stan would just play it in the office. Just play an ocarina. <laughs> Like walk around just playing. So an, while, o- an ocarina is almost like a pan flute kind of in a way. Thing, so right? it's like a it's it looks like a, a potato with holes in it. Oh, I don't know just the shape of yeah. it. It's kind of oval. Mm. It's you know it's hollow What's and puffed up on the inside. Do you know? I don't know right off hand. Mm. Okay. Um. But so yeah, that was uh, he would go while they were trying to work, and he would just sit there and play the ocarina and stuff like that. So a young. Uh, Joe Simon and Jack Kirby didn't necessarily like they did not like him, but they were just like, uh, he's kind of a lot sometimes. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So what we have here is where we already will get tension very early on between the two of them. Late 19th century from Italian from Aka meaning goose referring to its shape. Okay. So, oh, okay. Looks like a goose body. I guess it does look like a goose body. There you go. Um, I'm about to get into then the first of many problems that will happen between uh, Jack and Stan. And we will uh, get into that right after this. Excitement! All right, and welcome back in. My thanks. I hope you enjoyed that quick little break. Um, let's let me pick back up where we were. So, while Joe Simon and, and Jack uh, Kirby, let me let me be clear too. I've I've I know that there were rumblings between the two mm-hmm. and all that stuff. I just don't know the specifics. Yeah. So I, I don't think most people do. No. And the thing is, is I plan on covering this in little chunks. Yeah. This is going to take us to the next big thing. Which um, that was my name in grade school. Oh, little, was it? Little chunks. Little yeah. chunks. Yeah. So I'll I'll explain the the story path we have here. So I'm giving us pre Fantastic Four. Okay. This is essentially the story leading up to 
what would make Marvel Comics Marvel Comics, and that is the creation of the Fantastic Four between the two of them. Sure. And we will get into, we will touch on that a little bit before we go or before we wrap up the show today. Like that's where I'm okay. gonna take you to. Okay. I thought about um and I still might do it too for next week, uh like covering the comic itself then. Mm. Why after we talk yeah. about it just to kind yeah, of Yeah, no, I like that. That's so yeah. uh we're gonna focus on the very first Fantastic Four next week and everything in that. But I'm taking you I learned so point. much during this show. I'm glad. I really do. Yeah, and and uh, it has come up more than more more than once uh, in conversation. Twice? People will bring. Yes. Well, I, I tried to rephrase that, but I didn't know what to say. <laughs> so <laughs> it has come up before. Like like you know, somebody will say something. I go, oh, I remember that from you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm glad I can. Yeah, it's great. Um, I love you useless here. knowledge. Oh, I mean, that's it's, what I'm. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. I've had to quit calling it useless just to not make myself feel better. It's I just get that. random. Yeah, random knowledge. There that's, we go. That's better. But, uh, yeah. Um, so while Joe and Jack are working for Martin Goodman at, at Timely, they realize mm -hmm. somebody else that they had worked for before lets them know, Hey, Martin's stiffing you guys. Like he's taking the money that from some of, I think it was maybe the sales from Captain America, mm -hmm. um, or it could have just been like the page rates or whatever, but still he wasn't paying them the full amount that he, they thought, or they had agreed to kind oh, of whatever. Bastard. Yeah. So the two of them, frustrated, decide, well, then we'll just work other places and just not tell him about it. Like, if he doesn't want to, you know, pay us mm -hmm. everything, we can Like, yeah. we can come up with more yeah. ideas. Yeah. We can sell it ourselves to the other studios in, and we can make, you know, more money for ourselves that way. Makes sense. So what they did is they started getting, they got a hotel room downtown. And after they would get off from work, they would go to the hotel room and they would work on new stories there together before they would go off so and go home. So they're working in the comic book industry all day long. And then they go, they leave they... there to go to a hotel room to work on more comic books. Wow. Because they were putting together their own stuff to be able to sell out to make that money. deeply immersed in comics. It is. Um, there's talks a lot, too, about Jack Kirby as a person of how he very much always liked to have work lined up, mm -hmm. even if he was fine. Just being like that, you know, yeah. the the child of the depression era in a way like you always sure, wanted sure. to have work yeah so yeah um and so they would go after they would get off to the hotel room and work on more stuff it got to the point where they started enjoying working on the other stuff more than they did the mm -hmm. marvel stuff yeah i'm sure and they would even on lunch breaks go to the hotel room just to work on that stuff wow so a young stan lee um decides or is, is noticing, like, hey, these guys are up to something. Like, what are y'all doing? What sure. are y'all going on? Yeah. What's going yeah. on? And they're just like, hey, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And he apparently pesters them enough about it to where I don't remember if it's Joe or if it's Jack. One of them was like, yeah, that's fine. You can come with us to lunch. Mm. And they're like, and for like a couple days, just like two days, he came with them. But he, they quoted, he was more uh, in the way than actually helping. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. While they were there. He, he seems like a guy that would just be bouncing off he the is. walls. He is. And yeah. let's, let's also take, like, I think this is like a 16, 17-year-old Stan Lee, too. Maybe even 18. Like, this wow. is young Stan. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, you, you saw how charismatic he was as a... <laughs> Yeah, as an yeah, older yeah. man. Yeah, I can't even imagine. So, and, uh, but eventually, like, you know, they say that they work on that. He um, is kind of in their way a little more than anything else. But mm -hmm. then I, I don't know if he just quits going or what. Um, a couple days after that, though, 
Jack tells the story as he's sitting there working at the Marvel uh, offices, are timely still at the time, drawing. And, like, people just kind of come. It's like, I, I guess, the underlings of Martin Goodman. I can't remember the guy's right, name, but it's right. like the – and he just walks over and he just stands by them and he's like, you think that you could get away with, you know, like undercutting Martin Goodman all this time? Well, you're done working here. Wow. And uh, so just those Jack, two, though, right? Yep. Jack yeah. and Joe are gone because yeah. they are they were working and yeah. doing their own thing. Under sure. Um, both of them believe that they were outed by Stan. Uh, yep. Yeah. Um, which. That's fine, you know. Sure. Young, uh, it's not, but you know, it's the yeah, I know what you're nephew of the owner. Young, yeah. Um, they obviously still work together, so they got over it at some point in time. Right. But, right. Uh, it led to Jack Kirby and Joe Simon being let go there. Mm-hmm. This leads to Jack Kirby does go and is uh, serves over um, seas during World War Two. Oh. Um, including and he sees a lot of shit over there. Sure. Yeah. Um. They find out that he World was, War Two, famously known for its shit. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, um, he, they find out while in the group that he's over there with, uh, they talked about like he helped, um, li- I guess, liberate for lack of a better term, a concentration camp while mm. they were there. Um, he that, was actually the subject of of uh, freeing Private Ryan or whatever. Well, I mean, but I, not that specific. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, but no, like he and his group. Yeah, no, you're fine. Sure, he and his you know group were a part of that. Um, and that that's the best I could come up with. Uh, that's good. Uh, they found out that he was a comic book artist, and so they turned him into a scout then because he could draw. Oh. So they would make him go ahead, like which is kind of oh, dangerous. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go so, ahead, check everything out, and he would have to go back and draw maps for like them a all. Court then. reporter. Yeah. yeah. But there's like, oh, you draw comics? All right, you're our scout now. Go up there and draw everything mm-hmm. for us. Kind of makes sense. So he would have to go up, sneak into towns, like yeah. try not to get caught in do all that wait he'd have to come back and draw it from memory mm-hmm. oh wow or he would take it with him and like you know yeah draw it there. sure yeah. sure um the stories he tells of just like the things that he witnessed and saw over there like it's it very much adds to the whole when you think like the, the how are not meaning this in a any negative tone whatsoever but when you think sure. about artists some artists can you know find beauty and things and all this chaos it's very much like yeah. the floating paper bag right, in american right, or plastic right, bag right, american right, beauty right. but the stories he's t- he told and that i've listened to him tell and read and stuff about things that he saw in war and just about like he would be like it's horrifying but oddly beautiful mm-hmm. at the same mm-hmm. time kind of stuff I can you see get that. how yeah um and i think it definitely influenced his work on a lot of stuff from there forward but mm-hmm. uh while he's in the war he gets frost frostbite on his foot Okay. And there's worry that they might actually have to amputate it and stuff. So he has to stay back in a medical hospital while the West rest the West of his group. The rest of his group goes off on their next mission. Jack Kirby is the only surviving member of that uh, battalion. Then. OK, um, so he comes back now after all this stuff um, and he hooks back up with Joe Simon and they start working on producing their own comic books again. Um, they try to find what's, you know, big, what's popular, uh, but also while they're working together, something happens in the fifties, which we've talked about before. And that was, it's the early fifties with Dr. Frederick Wortham and just the panic about how awful comic books were and how they were, you know, corrupting today's youth 
Yeah. And it just caused it to almost kill the comic book well, yeah, industry we, as a whole. We've kind of talked about that in a bunch of different areas, yeah. you know, whether it's pool or comic books or whatever, anything yeah. new, Elvis's hips, yeah. whatever. It's yeah. always going to be something, but and it sure. almost killed what it was. These days it's porn. People are crazy. Well, it's not going to turn the kids weird. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, well, it depends on which one. Sure. Uh, but. Mostly foot stuff. But. It's amazing how many times foot stuff comes up in this, co- in this, in this podcast about comic books. You're the one who always brings it up. I know. Though. I'm sorry. I'm not saying that. You know, I just think it's so weird. <laughs> thou protest too much, but still. Yeah. Um, Gross. But uh, to combat and try to help out. Joe or, uh, find new ways to make things work in the comic book industry. I think we've talked about this before. The two of them essentially created romance comics then too. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Like they were like, all right, like they want to, you know, go after everybody for the crime and all. They were trying to find yeah. ways to be a, a niche that nobody was addressing. Yep. So the two yeah. of them created romance comics. Okay. Uh, a complete. I mean, granted, romance existed, but <laughs> were romance comics popular? Well, they became popular then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that kind of helped in the 50s and stuff there. Like, they're responsible for kind of helping. Seems like a narrow audience. It is very. But, like, things I've read. I haven't gone back and read any of them because uh-huh. it's just not. Yeah, sure. Things that. I don't know. Too fat for love. <laughs> I take that back. I go back and read them because they're funny <laughs> on some of them. But I, I think that it was just like, hey, here's something new. Maybe. Uh, um, <laughs> Too fat for love. I forgot oh, that one that. kills me every time. Every, the, the, or the, that wow. she was so upset that he didn't shave. Remember? Yes. This yes. What have I married? Yes, this, this beastly beast. man. Oh, man. I'm going to need to do some more of those. Those are great. Um, <laughs> she it was literally the next morning. Yeah. She was questioning her wedding. Oh, <laughs> because he didn't shave. Idiot. So that's what gets Jack. I, I've kind of covered uh, in a brief, like, scattershot Jack up to. I'm trying to get us to the uh, early 60s. Sure. Stan, during that time, after Joe and Jack are gone, he still stays with Timely Comics the whole time. He himself, once World War II comes, he enrolls. Yeah. Um, he felt like he wanted to do something. Uh, poor guy, they found out that he could write. And so just like, hey, you know, with Kirby, oh, you can draw stuff, you're going to be a scout. So they would make him write posters and stuff, uh, including things about venereal diseases. Sure, there was like a lot that. of that. Yeah. yeah, so he was like the writer for the you know different enemy, that yeah, kind of thing, different yeah. army uh, propaganda. But also, at this the is time, still World War Two. Yep, he would wow. still be able to write stories for Captain America while he was there, uh. and so like he would sign them Private Stan Lee when he would write and stuff. Hmm. But he is still working for Timely. The war is over. War is over. He comes back. This is when he essentially he kind of gets put in place of being over the comics division as a whole. Okay. Uh, there's still some, you know, I don't know the exact hierarchy, but he's over a lot of it. Um, they had been having trouble before of where artists missing deadlines and stuff like that. So whenever they had extra stories and stuff, Stan would save it just kind of for a rainy day to make sure. Yeah. Hey, yeah, that's smart. Exactly. Yeah. Well, what happened is eventually he started hiring better people and more people to where the amount of leftover stuff they had was just piling up in yeah. a closet. Sure. Well, one day Martin Goodman comes across all this unused inventory. Okay. And tells Stan, why haven't we used it? Fire everybody else. We're going to use this. Oh, my gosh. So, like, this has been multi- – I, I, I do feel bad for Stan on this a lot. So, he has to. Yeah. Right? They talk about, like – during the heyday of like the 50s and stuff, 
they installed a uh, a little uh, I guess like voice box. You know how you can like yeah, page like people intercom. Like, yeah. yeah, and that he would that Stan would have to come on. Like Martin would go into his office, talk, and they'd leave, and then Stan would have to come on, and be like so and so, come into my office. Oh, and they started yeah. calling it the bitch box. Is why they referred to it there. Well, it's like here. Honestly, we we have a door on the other the other room here that uh, they say that the vice president of the company that was his office mm. and he had a button underneath his desk and where he pushed the button it would shut the door. You knew if you were called in his office and he shut the door automatically that you were fired. Oh yeah yeah yeah. So um, poor Stan and uh, just trying to always. They also talked about that he was really big about trying to get um, the artist rates like paid because martin goodman was kind of cheap of him he would yeah. constantly go in and try to fight for it it was a losing battle but wait the, still, the guy who wanted that, to use all the leftover inventory was cheap yeah hmm. yeah and so Weird. once he found all the leftover inventory he made stan go in and yeah fire sure, everybody sure the story that i read that is just so like uh touch i don't know what to call it touching but just about the moment is his secretary at the time said that he would call somebody in he would talk to them have to fire them and then he would leave, go to the bathroom, throw up, go back, call the next person yeah. in. And it was yeah. just like that all day long. That's rough. So. Firing uh, people is not great. No, it's, it's not. not fun. It's not. Um, Occasionally it's fun, but not. not <laughs> if it's time. deserved. It's according so to who it is. So yeah. Stan is now back with Tommy. They're having to use up all of this leftover inventory. And because of the panic about comic books, comic book sales are dwindling. It depends on who you ask. How the story goes, um, one is if yes, I'm paraphrasing these essentially. Mm-hmm. One is if yes, Stan, um, he essentially kind of gets told or gets the opportunity then with them being, you know, kind of on their last legs of being able to tell the stories that he wants to and he does. Yeah. Uh, eventually, this leads to Fantastic Four. Um, mm-hmm. If you listen to the story that Jack Kirby tells, because he had been brought back because they did need artists eventually, just like one or two. Mm-hmm. And Stan did always love Jack's work. Like yeah. that's the thing yeah, sure. is you can't deny that the, the respect that at least, you know, that yeah. I think the two of them had as yeah. for professionals for each other. Um, but so he's there at the, you know, when he shows up at the company, Jack says that he watches, he's watching them like carrying couches and desks out of the office mm. like because it's just that bad yeah. and he goes and stands just sitting there crying and i tell him son we you know wipe the jack is very much a, a storyteller man okay and he's like you know wipe those tears i'm gonna write us some stories or i'm gonna draw some stories they're gonna get us back on the map we're good let's go ahead and do <laughs> okay. this okay um stands like thanks mister thanks yeah so what we get then here is we find through pure happenstance Mm -hmm. martin goodman is out playing golf with uh can't not jack Leibowitz. uh i don't know i can't remember who the head of dc is at the time okay and he's telling them hey i'm putting together this book it's called the justice league Mm. it's great it has all of our heroes in it and it is selling so well Mm -hmm. he's just going bragging on and on about this so martin goodman comes back from the golf game and essentially tells Stan Lee, still that idea. I want one of those. Yep. Yeah. And so this leads us to where we will pick up the next week, which is uh, Fantastic Four number one. Mm-hmm. If, depending on how 
or who you want to believe. There's two different stories to all this. That's how a lot of this is going to be, though, too. Through a, a lot of, at least for me, through the comic book history I've read, is it's hard to be able to know, all right, I sit here for sure, I sit here for sure, mm-hmm. because it's off of just what others say. There's right. things you can go off of and be like, okay, I can see how maybe I lead more credence to this thought or I lead more credence to this. But yeah, yeah. it's going to be open and there will be things that, you know, you can make your own decisions for. But essentially the two stories go, Jack Kirby had done some work on Challengers of the Unknown, mm-hmm. which is a DC title for the 50s. That's okay. Where he was working after the romance comics and he and Joe Simon's partnership didn't work. He went and he found work at DC. He also himself had a published comic strip called Sky Masters that he did too. Very science fiction stuff. So he constantly still had work in comics. Sky Masters. Um, Where it's about four people who, normal people who get, like there's a Mm -hmm. lot of. Mm -hmm. Same thing. Yeah. And then Stan will tell you or would tell you the story about how it just came, you know, how he wanted real characters that mm-hmm. didn't, you know, yeah. that had real problems and stuff like that. Both varying degrees of understandable when you look at it, but we will dive into that a little bit more. One thing I wanted to close out with just to kind of tease so you know where we're headed with this. Yeah. Because I think it encapsulates the two just very well. Um, in the beginning of Sean Howe's book, of the Marvel, the untold story. He has yeah. a quote from both Stanley and a quote from Jack Kirby. And to me, it just shows you the two type of guys and their personalities going into this. Okay. And I think it's the best place to end before okay. we get to next week. So in the beginning, Marvel created the bullpen and the style and the bullpen was without form and was void and darkness was upon the face of the artist and the spirit of Marvel moved upon the face of the writers. <laughs> and Marvel said, let there be the Fantastic Four. And there was the Fantastic Four. And Marvel saw the Fantastic Four, and it was good. <laughs> Stanley. Wow. Right? wow. Ideas can never be traced to any one source. They are tossed back well. and forth between people. <laughs> Hold on. They are tossed back and forth between people until the decision makers step in and choose what they think a success formula uh, is. Jack Kirby. Uh, yeah, well. so that does kind of tell you the both sides of, of yeah so we know getting in here that we have people on both sides of the coin uh one who is always full of just vim and vigor and uh-huh. positivity bravado and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the other and he's all about the team the bullpen and, all that stuff yeah, yeah like he's like that and he always pushes that even when that's not the case yeah like I will have audio next week when we get into there from Alan Moore, who we've talked about yeah, before, sure, sure. who talks about like, you know, he says, I got to meet Jack Kirby. I got to meet Steve Ditko. Mm-hmm. And once you meet them, you wonder, well, how come Jack's not jolly and Steve's not sturdy? And he goes, and it was because Stan was always smiling. Mm. So there's a lot of just, I don't know. We're we're gonna get into all this. I think it'll be a lot of fun. I like diving into the Stan history was stuff. just basically the built-in mascot for the most part, right? You know, yeah. he was he was the yeah. face of the company. Yeah, he, he was. But then there's things where uh, I think some people feel like credit was taken when it wasn't sure. deserved, and yeah. that's what's gonna like. This is what's gonna lead to a lot of it. There's a Variety article that we're gonna get in that that is the main problem. Was it? It was either Variety as I don't know. 
No, 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 no. It was like the Village Voice. What am I talking about? Okay. Um, but it was a paper, uh, an article written about how Marvel comics work and just how, like, untrue those who worked there felt about it and felt mm. like it was just a piece that just showcased it. Like, that is the critical point for a lot of it, too. It's it, All of it's just very interesting to me. So uh, we're going to break down just more uh, history of the behind-the-scenes stuff because that's interesting as yeah, it's just super as much cool, as the story to me. Yeah, I enjoyed this. All right. Yeah, this is fun. Uh, so, I, like the, I like the story time. Thank you. So yeah. next week, Fantastic Four, and we'll get into... I'm going to ask you one question about Fantastic Four. Was Galacticus part of it from the beginning? No. Okay, so Galactus comes in around 48, okay. 50. okay. The right. story there, and I've told it before, and I, I need to, I hope I can find it when we get there. Sure. Because I love the quote is, again, because I think I brought it up the other day when we talked you about did. it. Yeah. Is it Marv Wolfman or somebody else was like, essentially, Stan Lee just told Jack, I want a story where the Fantastic Four meet God. Yeah. And he created all of it. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But no, that was like, fit, and, uh, it gets Always so, my favorite. yeah. yeah. Silver Surfer, that's him. Too. It's all yeah. Great. That's what I'm saying. I, I can't think of Silver Surfer without thinking Galactus. So, yep, because yeah. he's he's yeah. the air. Like that's the thing too is he did such a good job. Is like I, oh man. See, I should save some of this, but I'm sure some of it I'll forget too. So it's fine to tell sure. now. Um, they talk about like when Jack turned in the pages with it when he first did the Silver Surfer. Mm-hmm. Like Stan's flipping through, looking at him, and he's like, "Who is this guy? Like, what is?" And he's like. Well, I figured if they're going to face somebody like as big and bad as Galactus, he should have a herald that comes before him to tell him like, yeah. hey, this yeah. guy's coming. Yeah. Like, it's just the genius of Jack Kirby and all this mm-hmm. thing led to a lot of these creations. Um, but so much stuff to get into. It's right. weird how so much of this stuff is biblical. And, yeah. You know, well, kind of, I mean, it's just it, and, and I guess I guess it's always been that way, though, because stories come from stories come from sto- you know stuff's handed down oh, over yeah. the years all that stuff well for kirby it's interesting for kirby especially he was very much into like Witchcraft. mythology oh. and stuff like he did thor yeah and stuff like that yeah. you yeah. know that's yeah. he loved that all of his stuff if you look at he is very much into just mythology and even just you know the r- religious tone it's like this yeah. is stories yeah yeah. Um, and it's really cool to see it play out. Well, I mean, stuff. they're all great stories. Yeah. You know, when you look at it as like a story story, mm-hmm. then biblical tales are good stories. Yeah. You know, and there's certainly good places to start with these type stories. Yeah. Because you know? it's stuff people are familiar with. It's still hero's journey, all of that yeah. kind of stuff. And that's, you know, that was the whole idea that he had. And we'll get into it more of what led him to the creation of like, uh, doom or I'm not doom of dark side and Mr. Miracle mm. and the forever people and uh, forever people I've never heard of them yeah and what is the last one it's a four oh the new gods when he went to DC oh, yeah, was in that. his head what he wanted to do is he had been preparing and drawing for leading to Ragnarok like that was his like he was uh, again yeah. he loved mythology yeah and what he wanted to do after Ragnarok is essentially introduce complete new gods into mm-hmm. thor then being mm-hmm. like hey it wiped everything out yeah. like it would yeah sure this is sure. what it is yeah. and they're like no like thor sells well we'll just yeah. keep doing thor yeah. so then like some of those ideas that he had there he kept and then used later see i'm just gonna ramble about this all day if I you're good you. you're good hey i wanted to uh suggest something for down the line yes sir um i would love to know and you could pick maybe five or six of them or whatever 
But it, throughout the years, I've noticed that if DC comes out with a character, Marvel comes out with their own version. If Marvel comes out with a character, DC comes out you with their own version. You want to know about the knockoff? Yeah, I would love to know about the, the origin and the knockoff. Origin and knockoff. You know, I think that'd be fun. Yeah, no, we can for sure do that, yeah. too. Um, and there is a lot, like you said, it's oh, one yeah. trying to keep up with the other on a lot of them. Vampires. Oh, we got those. Yep. Yeah. You know, it's well, like all it, the time. Yeah. Uh, it's just so funny. Some of them are so blatant too. Sure. But yeah. Yep. So as always, thank That's you great. guys for taking the time out to listen. Um, yep. yeah, I'll just keep giving history lessons, but next <laughs> week we'll cover an actual comic then too. No, this is fantastic, man. I really enjoyed it. I, I think it's cool. Uh, I think this is a cool little series we're doing. Yeah. yeah. So I'll be excited once we get this all done. And then now I have another idea of knockoffs to do as well. Yeah, I love that. Uh, as always, thank you for taking the time to listen. And until next week, stay safe, everybody. Golly con. Frozen, Frozen, heroes, gonna tell you about Frozen, Frozen, heroes, gonna tell you about This has been a Rogue Media Network production. Hey, uh, I'm the Fonza. Can you hear it? Oh, yeah. It's subtle, but I can hear it, yeah. That's so weird.